I would say that today's gospel reading is probably one of the most important and consequential for the entire teaching of Jesus and indeed the entire Christian life. This familiar phrase to us now, love your enemies. We hear it over and over and it, I think it, it fails today to have the same kind of striking import that it, it would have when Jesus' listeners first heard it. These are shocking words. Anyone who heard this would say, love your enemies. Jesus is crazy. How can you say that? Keep in mind, at the time of Jesus, the, the normal way that uh, justice, if you could call it that, was, was wielded was if somebody wrongs you, well, you, you have a, not only a right, but a duty to wrong them back 10 times over. That's the way justice gets done. Somebody hurts me, I'm going to hurt them. That's why that, that famous law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Today, that, to us, that sounds horrible. At the time of Jesus, that was considered you know, temperate. If someone takes your eye, you're, you're allowed to take no more than their eye because the, the tendency was someone takes your eye, you're going to take their head off. And on it goes. You see how when this is the way of dealing with with hurt, with injury, striking back, getting even, well, the whole world just ends up in a vicious cycle of constant violence, a constant drive to get even that will never be able to be fulfilled. Into this walks Jesus who says, no, no, not even just an eye for an eye, a passage he actually quotes in another gospel, but rather he says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That right there is, is not just radical. It is, it is, I think, the solution that is the answer to so much of what this world is hurting and needs. This is the thing that probably most distinguished the Christians amongst the time of Jesus and should to this day. Christians are a great force for world peace because only someone who is willing to say, I will love my enemy, is able to break the cycle. You know, I had a chance to to live in the, the Middle East for a while in seminary for several months. There's a conflict that all of us can look to, like Jews and Palestinians fighting over the Holy Land. When you're there, you actually get a deep sense of memory. It's, it's very deep. Families that have never been hurt by anybody, but it's deep. We don't like them. They don't like us. And there's this, this fighting back and forth. They wronged us, so we're going to wrong them back. And on and on it goes. And it seems like there's just no solution to these deep conflicts and, and fill in whatever you know, rivalry conflict you want to put in there. Hatfields, McCoys in America, whatever. We can, you know, just look anywhere. You see it. Ah, They got me, so I'm going to get back at them. They took one of ours. We're going to take one of them. It's played out on the streets of Chicago every night. What what could possibly end this? I would say at the root of this is a desire for power. That person took something of mine, so I'm, I look weak. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be powerful and take something back from them. It's power back and forth. Who has it? Who wants it? How do I get it? And it leads to war and destruction. I think part of the answer is in our first reading today. Notice here that King Saul, 
is, is actually pursuing David through the, the wilderness. He's convinced that David is out to, to get him. He's going to take his throne. So Saul is just paranoid. He is hunting David down. They are out in the wilderness. David is fleeing from Saul. He is no danger to Saul. He is not an aggressor. But Saul is out for violence. He's trying to kill David. So what does God do? He casts all of Saul's army into a deep sleep. David goes right into the camp of Saul. And there at his, his head is the king's spear. His attendant is with him. He says, this is it. God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Let me nail him to the ground with this spear. I won't need a second thrust. Now, here's the thing. David would have been completely justified in doing that. Saul is trying to kill him, even under the, the laws of just war or anything we would think. This is self-defense. This is the person who, if you don't kill him, the very next moment is going to try to kill you. David could have, in good conscience, said, this is the Lord's will. I can end this right now and kill my enemy. But David does something incredibly radical. He says, no, I have the power to do this, and I won't. And there is the secret, because more than just power to destroy your enemy, power to refrain, to hold back, to say, no, I will, I will put nonviolence where there could be violence. This breaks the cycle, and it's the only way. If it's always just, I'm going to get back, I'm going to get back, on and on it goes. The only thing that breaks it is someone who has the power to say, I could get back, I could get even, I even deserve to get even, says, but I'm not going to do it. That's real power. That's power. Now, our... Our Native American friends here that very common to the plains, they have this uh, built into their culture that in a, a battle, you know, there's, of course, the chance that if you get a chance to kill your enemy, that's considered a, a great deed of victory in, in battle. Any warrior would, would want to kill his enemy. It shows that he's powerful. But especially amongst the, the plains Indians, they, they had a, a great custom called counting coup, C-O-U-P. What would look like in battle, you know, you're there and your enemy is right there. You can kill him. You know, shoot him with your bow, shoot him with your rifle, whatever. Chop his head off with your tomahawk. He's right there. You can do it. He's in your power. But instead of taking his life, a warrior would also carry what's called a, a coup stick. Just a stick. And instead of killing his enemy... He would just hit him with a stick just to say, I got you. I could have killed you right there, but I'm even more powerful. I'm so powerful that not only am I physically powerful over you, I'm in control of myself and I'm so powerful, I don't even have to kill you. The reward for counting coup on your enemy would be a feather. And so when you see a, a Native American with a lot of feathers in a, a bonnet, those are coup feathers. They got that in battle by not killing their enemy but instead of counting coup on them. What a powerful force that is. All around, we see a world stuck in the cycle of repeated vengeance. Christians, through this beautiful teaching of Jesus, break the cycle. 
We are a great force for peace around the world. But more than just going to think about abstract ideas like peace in the Middle East, probably the place where we most need to turn our attention and try to live out this call to put love where there is no love, just start right with our families. Our families and friends are right next to us. You don't think there's, there's deep-seated sometimes resentment, hatred, or even just that kind of, you know, interior resentment. This person hurt me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back. I see this so often in, in marriages. This desire for, for power. Love is supposed to be all about vulnerability. In marriage, it's, it's making yourself completely open to the other. Vulnerability means I can be hurt. But instead of giving in to that call of God to be open, connected, what do we do? Well, ah, that, okay, she got, she got on my nerves, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back myself and get even. Or, oh, he did this, and so we, we do this all the time. I remember the hurts. I remember the hurts, and I, I hold them up, and I store them. And there is no reconciliation, but rather a growing kind of animosity or distance that then all of a sudden blows up. Jesus says, no, not, not power. You got wronged? Fine, expect it. We're going to get wronged. You can break that cycle and say, no, where there is difficulty, struggle, hatred, whatever, I will put love. Think of right now, maybe people in your family, your, your friends, who, for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> we don't talk. You know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's not even a reason. It just, there was a falling out. Who knows when, but yeah, we don't talk. There was a, an argument. There was distance. There was, there was maybe real hurt. Maybe you got really, really hurt by a, a friend, a family member. And so you just, you just don't talk now. Love your enemies. And how sad it would be to think that our family and friends become our, our enemies. Rather, what can you do to be the one to break the cycle? How can you put love where there is hurt and injury and distance? The night before Jesus died, his last prayer on earth was that they might all be one. Of all the things on Jesus's heart at that moment, what he most desired was, was not just his apostles, not just his disciples, but all of us, all of his beloved children in this world would be united. Lord, Heavenly Father, that they may be one as you and I are one. That's Jesus' prayer. The only way that can happen is if we who most have the desire, the right to, to get even, to hold a grudge, really been hurt, say, no, I, I could, but I won't. How many times when we get wronged, when we're really hurt, we want to take that spear and, and nail our enemy to the ground with it. Sadly, sometimes our own relatives, friends, people we, we care about, they're the ones that can, can hurt us the most. So we just want to, we want to get back. I offer the, the counting coup from the native idea. I offer Jesus's, no, no, turn the other cheek. Because here's the the ultimate end of this. Yes, if we do these things, we, we will be able to maybe change the world. Sure, that's the answer to a lot of these world problems. But more than that, 
you do this, if you practice returning love where you've been hurt, you won't just change the world, you change. And this is ultimately what God wants. Beautiful line in here, be merciful just as your father is merciful. We wanna be like God. That's the whole plan of God, to make us like him. He's saying, look at how I love. Love like that. From the Garden of Eden, remember Adam and Eve when they take the apple? What is it the serpent tempts them with? Eat this and you will be like God. Today, Jesus is saying, you wanna be like God? Good, <laughs> that's your whole plan, that's the mission. You wanna be like God, be merciful. Now that's a, that's a really deep, deep word, mercy. We don't even use it much in our society today. Justice means, yeah, I, I get back what's mine. Mercy says I, I give way, way more than what is merely someone's due. Misericordia, cordia is the word for heart in, in Latin. It literally means that person who just hurt me, who injured me, not only will I forgive them, I will love them with my heart. Anytime someone wrongs you or been hurt, the way to turn this around is to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did they get hurt? Why is it that they become a, a bully? Why is it that they were estranged? Why is it that this person hurt me? Mercy says, oh, no, wait, my heart wants to reach out to them and say, how are they hurt? Who hurt them first? Why are they so broken? Because the, the truth is, we are, all of us, brothers and sisters, a bunch of miserable, broken people. Everybody in this church right now is hurting in some way or another. What will you do with that? Reach out in violence? Get even? Try to nail someone to the ground with your, your words, maybe? Hurtful words? Retaliation? Okay, you, you'd probably be justified but you wanna be like God. You wanna be with God forever in heaven? Then it's ultimately not the world that needs to change. It's not that person that hurt you that needs to change. It's you. You need to change. In order to be like God and be in heaven, you have to change. And I would offer that if you start practicing mercy, where can I put love where there is no love? How can I break the cycle of, of constant retaliation? You do that. You start saying, I will be the one to put love. Well, you will certainly then become more like God. You, through mercy, will be changed. And you might even change the world.